they will be able to formulate a story with plot points based upon an experience. Sometimes when we're trying to explain something, we're at writer's block. I've been using AI not to use it to produce it, but how do I explain the market movements recently? Give me some ideas. The video presenter show, show what you know. Learn from experts how to transform words into great video presentations. The Video Presenter Show. Hello, welcome to the Video Presenter Show by BigView. We are here to help you transform words into impact by being the best presenter you can be. Learn valuable tips and tricks from public speakers and experts in communication, how to get your messages across more efficiently. Receive advice on everything from storytelling to social media marketing. It's time to take your presentations to the next level. Hi, and welcome to all of you that are joining us today for today's workshop, The Business of Video and Beyond. I'm Kevin from BigView's workshops team, and I'm happy to be your host for today's workshop. Today we have with us Eric Farber, the founder and CEO of Creators Legal, one click context for creators. He's a former sports and entertainment lawyer, host of the Daily Creator podcast, and author for The Case for Culture. We also have with us today, Jim Fuss, president of Fusion Marketing, a seasoned digital marketing consultant, a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel with over 30 years of business and social media experience. Today, we're gonna to speak about how to best manage your video content, the impact of AI, artificial intelligence on the world of business, how to use video to grow and influence your brand, and increase your presence and prove your business valuation. So firstly, I'd like to welcome you all tonight to be with us. So it's great to have you all with us today. Without further ado, I'll just introduce Eric and let Eric tell us a little bit about himself. So before we start off, over to you, Eric. Hey, thanks very much. And thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am coming to you live from Medellin, Colombia today, and where I spend quite a bit of time. I'm the founder and CEO of Creators Legal. I was a sports and entertainment lawyer for many years, representing all sorts of different entertainers. I represented the Tupac Shakur estate for over 18 years. And so I was squarely in the music business and moved towards more of the influencers later in my career and then represented athletes for many years. About a year and a half ago, we started Creators Legal, which is one-click contracts for creators, a legal Zoom for the entertainment business, where we have tons of different types of creators and entrepreneurs and brands that use our platform as a production tool, and we have about 200 contracts in there. So it's a do-it-yourself legal tech system squarely in the creator business, and I'm really quite glad to, to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Great. Great. Thanks for that, Eric. And so move over to Jim, get some information about Jim and his experience and history. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having us today, Kevin. And great. Eric and I have gotten a chance to chat some before we uh, got to this day. But yes, I'm Jim Fuse. I'm the president of Fusion Marketing. As you had said earlier, I'm a retired Marine Corps lieutenant colonel, and I do marketing the Marine Corps way, which you can always tell a story about that later. But I co-host a couple of shows, one on Amazon with my friend Chris Stone called Dealcasters. And so we've been Amazon influencers now since about July of 2020. And I also co-host the Tim and Jim show, which, as we like to say, is on all the tubes. And I do 
digital marketing consulting, as well as do remote live stream production. Been using, as an example, program StreamYard since about 2019. They've got a lot of great things going on. And also, mm-hmm. I started to use BigView because of some of the great things they do. Excited to have this conversation today. Excellent. Great. Happy to have both of you on board. And, and the business of video is, I think it's really important over and above the actual content side that we speak of every day. Because today, especially Jim, probably you, you can probably give us a little bit more insight into this because the field and the, the communication and technology that we have today just facilitated moving from the written word to where we moved into digital radio and audio side of things. And today we have video. Video is just such a powerful medium. I was speaking with, with someone today on a call that we did. And they were saying to me that an hour of video, the impact of an hour of video, as opposed to just a written blog or something, it's like, um, I'm not sure the exact figure that you quoted, but it's like just such a greater impact from the visual medium. So I think having said that, it's really important to understand what is the field of video? What are the elements that you really need to do to make the most of this medium? And what are the best practices that we can have for video content? Yeah, I think the most important thing, which may sound contrary to the word you just said, video, is audio. Because we'll forgive a bad camera, we'll forgive lighting that's maybe a little bit off, but if our audio is bad, right, that auditory distress is going to cause us to to go elsewhere. So real the three, I guess if you want to call fundamentals are the audio, the video, and the lighting. But I think the most important is the audio because Sometimes, even if we're, there might be people right now watching us that are actually doing other things, but they're listening to us and they're gathering in that information. And that's why we talk about this whole new field of video podcasting. But really, it's just people realizing like the video is powerful. And, but I think the most important thing is your audio for sure. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to add in there, I think when people are going, when people are getting started, especially, I will just let everybody know I've been a BigView user long before Creators Legal and BigView partnered. I've probably been a user for probably three or four years, I want to say. One of the things that I like to do as I'm constantly trying to get better at this is I will shoot something and then maybe it's on the phone. I will then turn the sound off to see the video itself and only look at the video all the way through. How can I do better How can I be more still because I'm really good at moving around. And so one of the things I try to do is be still. I was a trial lawyer for many years and learned the theater of law or the theater of the courtroom. So that was helpful in trying to be a training. Then the next thing I do is I play it again, but I put the video down and only listen to the audio because everybody has verbal tics. And so I say a lot. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to carve that out. I'll repeat words. And so when you're trying to get good at video, and I don't, I'm not sure that this is about getting good at video. I think it's more about the business side, but just for people to try to get better at the craft, there's so many outlets these days that it's very easy. TikTok is extremely organic. Turn your phone on, learn how to do a basic TikTok, put it up there, no problem. But as you want to grow and as you want to make use of video as your channels, you really should be studying it as much as you can to get better at it because as we continue to move into this economy, production value matters. Okay, I think, I think what I'm hearing from both of you is that they are building blocks for video content. 
and whether it be the quality of the audio, which is very percutant, or whether it be your the way you portray yourself on the video, each of these elements goes towards building a good content matter. And I would assume that in the business of video itself, it's the same because video really touches on a number of different elements. It's not only getting it over to your social media platforms, getting your video out for promotion. It's also about thought that you put in, into your video, the preparations that you do that, your legal implications, which I'm sure Eric's going to get to, to while Jim, the marketing side of it, the creating an image and a brand and building your brand from that influence. I'm sure you're going to get into the influencer side of thing as we move on. So all I would imagine that all these aspects start adding up to really create a foundation structure for a strategy for video content. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of it, and I relate it to social, is I like to talk about the four E's. And if you think about this when you're planning out your video, one where we sometimes miss out is we want to educate people. Eric, with what he's doing with Creators Legal, is educating people about the legal process of being a creator and the contracts involved. So otherwise, you might not know what it is. So we want to educate people. We want to entertain people, right? People don't want to just listen to some boring, droll thing. So how can we make our videos more entertaining We want to empower people, right? Maybe it's a quick tip on something they can do today to get better. Like Eric was saying earlier, when you first start, you don't need to have all this great equipment. You just got to have the basics. You could start with your cell phone and the mic from your phone and just boom, put it in front of you. And there you've done a video. And then finally, you want to engage with your audience, right? You want to talk with them, let them know things, and maybe give them a call to action. And so if we think of that, not only from social posts, but when we're creating video, whether it's live or recorded video, how are we going to interact with those people? And like right now with us being live, we're able to engage with the audience and we can make that connection, build that note and trust with video. That's a little bit harder to do, like you mentioned, with some of these things like blog posts and other other forms of content. I agree. I do think it's important in this in this world where things are so available and the softwares are so available and they make them really, really easy to post on different places and create. And everybody talks about, about redistribution, taking a podcast and making sure it's on YouTube and making sure it's on LinkedIn and TikTok and everywhere else. I think that's important, but I think if people are getting started, it's the most important thing to me is figure out where your audience is. I have a LinkedIn because most people have built out at least some following and they don't have to build very much from there. Figure out where your audience is and then try to master one of them before you start trying to manage posting everywhere. And LinkedIn has an amazing advantage if you're doing video. The number of people who are actually active, people who are active on LinkedIn is a monster number of people millions, tens of millions of people. However, the number of people who actually post on LinkedIn is very low. The number of people who post video on LinkedIn is a fraction of that percentage. So LinkedIn right now is pushing through their algorithm, the video, and they've actually contracted with Colin and Samir. If you are in the creator business at all, you probably know who they are. They've contracted with quite a few big creators to try to push video more than anything else. What I'm hearing from you, Eric, is let's start with the result. What is it we want to achieve? Absolutely. And once we've defined our end result that we want to achieve, we start 
building backwards. Would that make sense to both of you in terms of from a marketing perspective, Jim, and also setting up infrastructures, whether it be legal or financial around your video content? Oh, definitely. And I want to, too, just reemphasize something Eric said. You don't have to be everywhere, right? I think that's part of the problem is people are being given all this information of, oh, you've got you to take this one video that you did on this platform and then put it everywhere. And that's almost, we'll call it spray and pray, right? Figure out where your audience is. I agree with Eric. I love LinkedIn and Twitter probably being my second favorite and working on the YouTube, but that's been a process, right? And so we need to think about where's our audience? What's that message that we want to deliver to them in order for us to move forward? And it's got to be, it's got to be a strategy, right? It's not just throwing stuff out there. You need to be thinking this stuff ahead. One of the big things is consistency is extremely important. I would say consistency and authenticity are the most important consistency. If you're going to put out a podcast, let people know when your podcast is going to come out. It drops every Tuesday and Thursday. It drops once a month, the third Fridays, the third Friday of every month. Be very consistent in what you're putting out. The other is don't try to be somebody you aren't. It's very, video is not easy and content creating isn't easy. My team kept saying to me, I've got, you got to do TikToks. You got to do TikToks. It takes an enormous amount of time to do bad ones. Never mind trying to actually produce the good ones. So you've really got to pick and choose your battles when it comes to, when it comes to how you want to push the stuff out. And so being, putting that effort into the strategy before you get started, even if that is simply, I'm going to turn the camera on. And we're going to do day one of something and I'm going to record and people can follow me while I go through the journey of something. We're just launching our WeFunder, our first WeFunder for for Creators Legal. We've thought about, okay, do we want to document that journey maybe on TikTok? That's fine, but it's I've got too many other things to do that I don't feel like I can put in the production value, even if that production value is just very basic right now to be consistent enough to document it every single day. And so we'd rather not do it. And this is a great opportunity to bring our other participant in then, that's Ken Himmler, because I think what I'm hearing from both of you is that you need to be focused, you need to know what to do with the resources you have and not to get dispersed with resources, especially from what would be the type of users that we have at BigView, which are mainly small, medium businesses. Without further ado, I'm going to bring Ken Himmler, who knows all about resources. Ken is a personal and business growth planner with 30 years experience. So welcome, Ken, and great to have you with us. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Great, Ken. We just, we just been this discussing. Jim and Eric said, really, start by focusing on where or the market you want to go to. Start by focusing with the end result. That's going to determine your journey in terms of the content creation. It's going to allow you to put the specific resource into that and not disperse resources in different directions. What would you like from a financial point of view and having a knowledge of video and content creation? What what would your advice on that side be? Thank you. Eric and I share a little bit in common. We lived in LA for a while. We owned a production studio as well as, believe it or not, I was on stage acting And the reason I did that was I needed better stage presence in my business world. So I actually started taking acting classes, voice classes, and the all-important Toastmasters, where if you say, they will ring you out into a social embarrassment where you will never want to say that word again. (laughs) It's great training. It's really good training. 
So I would say that number one, create an avatar. Your avatar is who you want to deal with. Do they have the right amount of money? Are they in the right position? And there's some great resources. There's a lot of online acting training right now. I would highly suggest weaudition.com because you can go on and take a script that you're going to do on a video. And I do this for auditions. And I do it for anything I'm going to present in the public because I can get feedback from an acting coach. And you can upload whatever the script is. You get right online and then they can critique you. They can tell you about your head motions. They can tell you about your diction. They can tell you about your the way you're volumizing, whatever it might be. It's a great resource. So from a financial perspective, know your avatar, know where they live, where they breathe, what they look at, and then make sure your presentation is in alignment with that avatar. So would you all say that the fact that Ken just introduced you is that you need to know where you want to put your money into. And definitely, as both of you, Jim, Eric, and Kim, has reiterated, is that we want to make sure that the content we're creating is quality. And that means getting good audio, and that means getting good video content. So definitely need to invest in, in the content itself, making sure that the video and the audio, so audio may be something possibly, I would say, vocal coaching, learning, learning how to pronounce and speak well and read scripts. And then on the acting side, as Ken said, getting a, an acting coach and something like that. Would you think that is a, an important place to, to start with your investment? I would always rather invest in myself than any stock. A stock is going to be somebody else managing an investment, whereas you invest in yourself first and you take that asset with you no matter where you go. Whatever that talent may be, you can repurpose that talent. To me, that's a better investment than any outside equity investment, even mm-hmm. though that's what we do. One of the things that I think is extraordinarily important, we are all here, everybody in the audience, everybody on the panel, Big View, Creators Legal, Jim's companies, Ken's company, we're here because of the fact that the tools to creating have come down in cost so much. You couldn't get a teleprompter the way you could get Big View. It's a fraction of the cost to get a teleprompter. You're either renting from AZ Rents in 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 Los Angeles, and if you weren't in Los Angeles, you probably couldn't even get one unless you borrowed one from a news studio. Cameras are inexpensive. The lighting is inexpensive. You can get the top quality products these days for a fraction of the cost. This microphone that I'm using cost me fourteen dollars down here in Medellin, and that's has led to the rise of the passion economy, as I call it, rather than the creator economy. On the other side, the distribution of the content that you make no longer has to go through a yes, a yes man down in Century City or Madison Avenue or, or in Nashville if you're a musician. The cohesion of these things and the convergence of these things have created what we now call the creator economy. And to me, that is the economy. These are, this is, you're a brand, you're passionate about your brand, you're passionate about the work that you do. You can now get it out to everybody through 30 second ads or hour long lives that cost you nothing to do where you used to have to buy airtime on radio or buy TV, buy TV spots. That's the beauty of what we're doing. And the cost of all of these things has reduced down so much. And you don't even need this microphone, as Jim said. You can power up your cell phone 
and power up your laptop and you're right there. I'd actually to bounce this question off of Jim, because I think Jim's well placed for that, is that we spoke about investing in your content, in yourself. And Jim, you as a, an expert in influencer marketing, w- would you say that kind of is something which touches on the side of influencer marketing, getting in, even if we're speaking about people that are, are solopreneurs or in different situations? Yes. First of all, and it's funny that Ken mentioned Toastmasters because that's something that I've been involved with now for a few years. And I think that's a great way to improve in your speaking and things. And I think it's something that creators and influencers need to think about because you are presenting yourself, especially in a video format. But I think that what we have to remember is that, and sometimes the word influencer can be given a negative connotation, but really we all have influence in our daily lives. Eric is involved in legal. And so he influences people because they're like, you know what, I need what he offers. And I'm an, and I trust him that goes back to building that known trust. And I think that's where things have changed in the influencer spaces. People want to work with people or buy things from people that they know can trust. And I know my friend Chris and I with our show, we don't even like to call it live selling. We're doing live solving. Right now, this panel, we're doing live solving. We're helping people solve problems that they have. Like, how do I do a video? What's the most important thing? And we're not getting paid for that. We're doing it because, to quote Eric, we have the passion to help others succeed because that's where I think I get the most reward out of. It's not about the money. It's about helping others succeed and lifting everybody up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that side, I think as well that the video has really become critical. And how would you say it applies to branding, self-personal branding and things like that? What are the factors that people need to take into account when they move into that space and they want to use it as a tool to influence, to get their message across, not necessarily to sell, but to convey what their mission is, what their purpose is? Can I speak to that for a moment? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's an open, open discussion. Yeah. Definitely. I think that this is a very important thing because people are trying to push their brands. However, I think there's more trust in people than there are in brands. So even if your brand is a likable brand, that it is more important for you to worry about your own channels. And this might be very difficult for a lot of people. It has been very difficult for me. I like to stand behind my brand. I want somebody else to take over at some point. Otherwise, it's very difficult to actually live a life other than just being an entrepreneur. But the brand itself is generally one person. And we've gotten used to this. Richard Branson with Virgin, Elon Musk with Tesla, Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. Their channels, my guess is, their personal channels on Twitter and their personal channels on LinkedIn and their personal channels wherever they are broadcasting are far more engaged than the brand's channels. That when they put something out, that there's far more people following them personally as thought leaders and as influencers than the brand itself. So you actually have to really think about that as you're launching and as you're pushing out your brand. I really, this came home to me in an accelerator program that we did with Creators Legal to do legal tech. One of the marketing people for a very large company had come in and he said they had a few million followers in their social channels for the brand and that their CEO had about 500,000 followers. When he posts, the engagement level was at anywhere from 20 to 40%. When the brand posted, even with those millions of followers, maybe they got a few comments. 
And so they realize you just have to move towards the to, towards the CEO. And that's basically it. And it's unfortunate because it means that the thought leaders, the influencers, it's an enormous amount of work now. But you've got to be committed to it. If you're going to be a brand, you personally, as the founder of the brand, as the entrepreneur, it's a lot of extra work. You can't just be a business person. You've got to be out there all the time. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense uh, with what Jim said, is that if the conversation has moved to the social media channels where people are not there for business purposes, but they're there to learn about other people. So when you're getting your message across, you're not there to sell anything, you're there to help others. So there's a kind of an altruistic element to it, I suppose, in that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I just wanted to follow up, too, on what Eric said, too. I think what I've seen, I don't know if, if Eric and Ken have run into this, is though you have these people that are like, I'm not getting any engagement on LinkedIn. But all they're doing really is broadcasting. Like they're saying, this is what I do. This is what I do. But they don't take the time to engage with other people. It's mm-hmm. almost like they want to outsource that. And the truth is, to, to Eric's point, you have to make that commitment. And that commitment doesn't have to be hours a day. Take 15 minutes a day to engage with other people, to go on their stuff and to add value. Adding value is not just hitting a like button. It's actually making comments. I think that's where all of us can help each other out in general. And I think that's where I see a lot of these folks that have maybe did things the old way are having a hard time adjusting because they don't want to take the time to actually be social on social. Yeah. He's reading something. I did a little bit of research in your bios before we got on board. And I was actually reading something that, that Ken said about his wealth management business and his relationship with his clients. And it was very interesting that he said his relationship is really based on the fact that he feels he's really serving his client and he's helping his clients out. And that's really something over and above the business side of things, which I think gets across. With that, does that ring for you, Ken? I think if you ever watch a movie and bad acting, and much of you, many of you have seen this, bad acting is because the actor doesn't have an intent. They're not trying to play a character because then they play a character, you notice it's terrible acting. But when your intent comes from inside, you're like moved, you're internally moved. And so when you're communicating on any kind of video or social media, don't worry about the likes, don't worry about who's following you, don't worry about any of that stuff. What is your intent? If your intent is to make money, hang it up, find something else, because it's never going to work. Figure out what that internal heart and that intent is, and you don't need to act. People will understand what you are about. And that's where that wonderful acting and emotional movement comes from. Okay, excellent. Great. I'd like to throw a spanner in the works because we've really been speaking about what for me personally is like really being the intent, I suppose. I would say be in touch with yourself, be true to yourself and your message will come across. But we're moving into a world where we know where AI has taken, already taken a major part of what you do today and AI is coming into video and we at BigView as well are embracing AI as well. But is there not a danger that AI is just going to falsify the message that we're giving over? Is AI not going to take us away from being ourselves? I'd like to answer that one if I could. I'm using the AI to not use it in place of me, but just to get context. And if you look at a scriptwriter, we'll see a story. They will see an event 
they will be able to formulate a story with plot points based upon an experience. Sometimes when we're trying to explain something, we're at writer's block. I've been using AI not to use it to produce it, but how do I explain the market movements recently? Give me some ideas. And then I take that and I process that into my intent, my heart, and what I recognize, and I'm able to use the AI in a positive way, but still human, not just using it to cheat or laziness of here's my blog post that AI created. I have some pretty strong opinions on this. Yeah, it's all going to take over a lot of things, but there will be new job creation. And will AI replace us? There's, I've already seen some things I can feed video footage in and it'll create, you could create a script and I would be the one talking, but I actually don't have to show up on camera. I think in anything that we do and AI right now, open AI is at such an infancy that we have no idea where all of this is going quite yet. We just don't know. And so you can, you use it now, of course you can. There's plenty of tools and there are people jumping in and they are creating all sorts of softwares and all sorts of things that can be used and utilized and they're very helpful. And But we have not even started scratching the surface of where all of this is gonna go. From a really quick legal standpoint, there's there are so many different things that are already out there in the legal world with regards to AI. Three weeks ago, the copyright office said you couldn't you couldn't copyright an AI image. Now they're saying you can copyright an AI image if certain things are present, like you took that AI image and then further worked on it. Using AI is not going to replace the heart in something, as Ken had said, but I think that's just a matter of time. I think you could probably put in, if you haven't read the book, the Science of Influence or Influence and Persuasion by Cialdini, you need to think about those things as you push your stuff out. I think AI is going to save people a lot of time and it is going to replace some jobs. There's just no question about it. And it so, might so, even so, go from so, one problem to video. However, it still has to be directed to give that authenticity. So my question for you, Eric, from the legal side is, if I want to use AI and I want to appropriate my own AI, what do I have to do to make that personal? What do I have to do to make it that AI is something that belongs to me and that it's not something that they're going to say you've copied something and therefore it's open to all the public? This is very interesting and I'm just going to tell you that it's, again, the legal side of this is at its infancy. In order to gain a copyright on a piece of work, then that has to be human created. Now we have tools all the time. We use a computer to, to assist in our human creation. We use Photoshop, we use Big View to do editing. Those are all the tools. What the Copyright Office is saying is if you only use AI based on a prompt and you take that output and it's whether it's an image output or whether it's a script output, whatever it is, and you simply say, this is, it's already done, sorry, you're not going to get a copyright on it because it was not human created enough. If you take it and then make it your own, it, you've gone through the editing process and they've only done this with images. They've only talked about images so far. They've not talked about text that you can then go ahead and copyright it, but save your work 
if you stuck it into Photoshop, if you stuck it into your editing software, you need to save your work because they may come back and say, prove it that you actually did it. But that just came out last week. So when I say that this stuff is in its absolute infancy, it's chat GPT has only been around for five months. Chat GP4 has only been here for a week. I'm in my 50s. By the time I retire and I'm done, I'm not, I don't have to worry about this stuff in the same way that people on here in their 20s and 30s and 40s have to worry about it. Or I think worry might be the wrong word, is anticipate it and embrace it. We had a blog writer at our company. The blog writer said, this is awful. I'm not using this. It has to be by us. She didn't last very long in our company because blogs have gone from have gone from five hours to write or 10 hours to write to five minutes to write. Yeah. Let's, let's get Ken in. Ken, Ken, what do you think about the role, our role today with AI? As Eric mentioned, that AI is going to take change our role in the, in the content creation side of things. What do you think people that are, are content creators that are starting to rely on new technologies, what do you think the skills that they should, that, that they can't replace, what should they be focusing on? Let's, from an investment standpoint, what we're looking at is the content is there to create users that will view your content and that you can aggregate into whatever your purpose is. And when we look at old Stonehenge kind of stuff of blog writers, like Eric said, takes five hours. If the purpose of that blog was to communicate a message to get viewers to a certain site where then you can show them what you can help them with, then AI from an investment standpoint is a no-brainer because you can produce 10 times as much in the same period of time, a better ROI. And if you bring them to the center stage of where they can see you, human, the they can understand what your intent is, where your heart is, then use the AI as the foundation to bring the viewers into the top of the pyramid. So it's about leverage. There's obviously a lot of other elements to it, but there's a lot of potential leverage. Would you say, Jim, you as who's working with influencers, does that come into the equation when you're doing marketing, when you're trying to grow? I know you work with the Amazon Influencers Program. Is that something that you're considering as something you're building into your program? Yeah, I think it goes back. I would agree with Ken because the problem is with all this information, like I could go to chat GPT and tell me like, what are the 10 elements I need in a creator contract? But I'm not an expert in that. And I may put that out there and someone like Eric is going to be able to pick that apart. So I think when we use this information, it's not infallible, right? It's got issues. So we have to still know it. So I think I'm more with Ken where this is like a good starting point. I was talking with a friend who's a realtor. And I was showing her how, like I said, show me, provide me five things a seller in Clearwater, Florida needs to think about when selling a house. And it gave me five categories. And then we were able to further say, take this one and create a video script for this one area that they could then take and make their own voice in order to create something. But I think it still goes back to, and I, my friend Mike Alton talks about this all the time when it comes to blogging, we need to be talking in our own voice, in our conversational mm-hmm. voice. Because if mm-hmm. we put this stuff out that sounds like, I don't know, we'll call it a robot, and then somebody meets us in person and we sound completely different, they're going to be able to tell the difference. So mm-hmm. I think our, I have some friends lately, they talk about their AI gets you to third base, but you have to put your own voice in it to get to home. And I think that's how you have to look at ChatGPT. PT. And even with what you guys have created, I look at it within the AI scripting is it's a good start, but I have to adjust it 
to my voice. And I think that's what mm-hmm. makes it a benefit because, I, yeah, I could very easily get writer's block or distraction. But now it's okay, I need to get something out. It gives yeah. me that a couple of steps to speed things up. So like Eric said, now it doesn't take two days to get out a blog post. Now so, we so, can get things out quicker. Hey, this is about learning the, the new job out there is about AI management. Jim, you can actually upload your previous personally written blogs into ChatGPT and say, write a blog in this exact voice. So there was an experiment done where somebody took all the podcasts, transcripts of a, it's a Stanford professor who has a really great podcast, took all those transcripts, put it in and then said, pretend you're this guy answer these questions like you were him. So you can now create, it's really about learning the prompts, right? I'm going to say something else with regards to what I said about the blog. So I think the most valuable thing any company has is their email list. It's the lowest down in the funnel. Somebody's already come in, looked at your stuff, signed up for your newsletter, signed up for whatever it is. A big part of that is people don't have time to read the weekly blog or the daily blog but just being able to see your name over and over and over again on an extremely consistent basis, once a week, every day, three times a week, whatever it is. So a lot of times the blogs don't have to be so in depth that they still have to deliver value. They've always got to deliver value. They've always got to be good, but they don't necessarily need to be some sort of affiliate blog where you're trying to capture thousands and thousands of views and click throughs. They just need to be there so they're on the subject matter with your name and your email inconsistently. So many companies don't have the bandwidth to get that done. You now can have the bandwidth to get that done very easily. I've written, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight blogs this week, I think, to give to our team because I think I've mastered the prompt inputs better than anybody else so far. And I'm still experimenting. Would you say that resonates, Eric, with what you mentioned earlier about Elon Musk? Is that Elon Musk and a number of other these really top business characters have molded their own social media presence? They've created distinct digital footprints, which are very distinct. And I think we said earlier, Ken said, invest in yourself. Jim said, make sure that your audio is good, your own voice. That's your own voice. We're not replicating someone else. So at the end of the day, you need to, I think, does this mean we have to have our own specific identity? create our own identity digitally, maybe legally have some kind of a protection on the identity and then look at the new tools, the new business tools, AI, to, to expand our reach with that identity. So let me try to dissect some of this stuff in, the, in, in that question. But from a legal standpoint, for everybody here, the reason that Creators Legal exists is because creators and brands, they work with people all the time and they just send out these emails. That doesn't give you the proper copyright on what you need to get. So we provide the contracts that are going to allow those relationships to get better. From the standpoint of all of these things and the voice and everything, as I keep saying, we're so early in it. There are some people that have really mastered sort of the AI prompting. You're going to get that voice out of it if you want to do it that way. I think we still have a long way to go. In a lot of this stuff, I saw one of the people post in our audience that 80% of jobs will be gone by, I think it said 2030. I also own a workers' compensation law firm in Northern California. We're one of the biggest up there. I've been studying the future of jobs for many years, trying to make sure what jobs are still going to be there for these. 
I think 80%, I'm not sure 80% is the number we can't quite predict. I read about 40% by 2030, but they're going to be replaced by new jobs and different kinds of jobs. If you're a taxi driver in San Francisco, you're yelling and screaming about Uber, you just became an Uber driver. So there are jobs that are going to be gone. There's no question about it, but there will be plenty of new jobs. And we are at our infancy of all of this stuff. We're at the infancy of the creator economy. We're at the infancy of AI. We're at the infancy of these tools. It's time now to see around corners, to predict the future, to anticipate how is this going to affect the work that you do and how can you make it better and how can you be on that forefront in the industry that you're in? And it may be a new industry that you're in. So let's just, just want to take the conversation back again, because we spoke initially, we spoke a little bit about where do you, where do you invest your money in? And we said, invest your money primarily in yourself. Also invest in new technologies that are enable you to really get more reach in your market. My question for you, Ken, is what are the kind of actions that you'd recommend for video for promoting your business to be to become more profitable? I could probably start off with what you don't do with the thousands of businesses that we deal with. 99% of them are going to fail or were going to fail because A, the business owner had no cognizance of how to handle their money. And they think that going online and setting up QuickBooks online and just managing it that way or finding a cheap bookkeeper because that was the way to manage their business is how they can get through that. And I want to explain that your business in the core, the foundation of your business is your finances. You cannot grow without finances. Walt Disney said something once and he said, we don't make movies to make money. We make movies or we make money so we can make more movies. And that's the idea of making sure that your business is structured correctly, like from Eric's standpoint, from a legal standpoint, but also your books and records. And that core of how you handle that is not just bookkeeping. It is having an eye that says, hey, there's a spend category that I could reinvest into a bigger tool. There's a spend category that is a use a taxes. There's an expense. The way your entity is structured, there's an expense. If I can reduce those expenses and I can realign those expenses, maybe to more Google ads, maybe to more reach, maybe to hiring somebody that can actually figure the GPT out. So the foundation of any business, I really believe, or the mismanagement thereof is the failure for people to really understand that booking, bookkeeping, financial stuff is not just there so you can prepare your taxes. It's so you can grow your business. And if you don't have somebody that can help you direct that, you're always struggling because money's just going out the door and you're reallocating it to the wrong places, including investing in yourself. Eric, what's your take on that? Uh, what, what, for you, what, is, what are the elements that, that you would look at if you want to, from a small business point of view, get the most out of your business, move into video content? Well, I think, it's, I think what Ken brings up is extraordinarily important. You have to know the, the dials and it's just like looking at a car dashboard, right? You have all these different things that are telling you if things are working and things aren't working. If you're in small business, you've got a lot to do and you've got a lot to learn how to structure it, how to get things, how to make sure your money management. It's always the failure of every business is generally about the failure to manage the money correctly. If you're in a new business that's funded, you have a runway period of time. 
I know exactly what the runway period of time is at Creators Legal. I knew what it was at Pacific Workers when I started that. And there were nights that I could sleep and nights that I couldn't sleep because maybe I knew too much. But if you're sleeping a little too soundly as a new business owner, you're not doing something right. But basically, I'd love to be in a business that has 80% margins and I don't have to do anything. It won't happen. You've got to understand the stuff that Ken is talking about. That's how you push forward. And you've got to have the legal stuff down as well. You've got to make sure that you've got the legal stuff down as well because you don't want one thing to get, bring your business crashing down. And that's all it really takes. And I do think you also have to think about in your business, anticipating, which I consider one of the core principles of running a business is being anticipating legal and governmental things. You may be legislated out of your business. Something might come around and all of a sudden you're gone. And so you've got to be ready for that. And you've got to be able to really understand the industry that you're in. On the legal side, you've got to make sure that you're doing things right when you contract with people. When we get this all the time, and I'm going to talk about this because it's something that brings down businesses every day. When people say, do you have any employees? They say, oh, I have independent contractors. 99% of the time, those independent contractors are employees. And if you employ them, quote unquote, as an independent contractor, rather than as an employee, then you can really get hit hard. Send that to the brand. You've got to think about use. You've got to think about channels. You've got to think about exclusivity. What are you doing with them? And so... Okay. Right, You don't want them to necessarily have what we call unlimited use of that footage forever. Jim, you know? what would you take on that on rates and measurability from the influencer side? Right. I think the challenge like with rates is everybody's going to think they're worth a different amount. And one of the things that we see sometimes is, and I think you have to be careful about this if you want to almost think of, oh, everybody should charge like this amount for this item. And some people are going to say, I'm not going to do it if I'm only going to get X. I think I deserve Y. But I think a bigger issue that kind of got hit on, and we've seen this in the Amazon space, is companies basically abusing the, if you want to call it the content that the creator created, right? They create a video that they upload into Amazon that's supposed to be the creator's original content and companies are taking that video and making it their own or people are taking that video and posting it to YouTube as it as if it was their own, literally stealing people's work. And so you've got to make sure up front, what are the expectations? If you want my video to use as you want, then that's going to come at a cost. And They may not want to pay that price, but you have to think about it. If they're going to continue to make money off of that video in, in, in perpetuity, as long as that's around, there's potentially a lot of value to that company that you're not getting compensated for as a creator. So I think that's where contracts are extremely important. And if you don't do that upfront, because in a sense, and Eric could probably talk more to this, this is nothing more than a quote unquote email back and forth, no written and signed agreement. You're really going to have a hard time fighting that, I think. Okay. Yeah, I would like to throw something in there. You definitely can get your content stolen. However, I'll use John Travolta as the example with Pulp Fiction. He was in the dumps. Tarantino and him created a relationship. They hit it off and he did that movie for $100,000. But for the next decade, he was the highest paid actor anywhere in Hollywood because he got exposure. 
And it's funny because I've probably done 3,000 videos and I get clients that contact me and say, I was on this other financial planner's website and he inserted your video in his website, but I decided to call you. I'm like, great. I'm glad he stole it. Absolutely. Steal it all day long because the more exposure you get, keep stealing it because those people are giving me great exposure. It's like some of, some of the actors, they complain about the pops, paparazzi, but they call them in advance to tell them where they're going to be. So sometimes it's about exposure and then but limiting so that you can get paid for it. And I want to just segment off of what Eric said before about people losing their businesses because of the independent contractors. Yes, this is the craziest thing in the world. We represent people in front of the IRS and they always come to us after the fact right? After the fact, can you now bail us out? And we'll look at it and we'll say, you messed up. You didn't structure this correctly. You can't keep these people as independent contractors. And then just so you know, what they do is they penalize you not only to paying the back social security, the back FICA, but you also have to pay the employees side of it too. And now there's actually a form. This is incredible. There's a form if you are an employee and you want to report to the IRS that you feel as though you got paid independent contractors wages when you were entitled to employment wages. So the IRS is stuck or they've gone around and going, Hey, we're just going to ask people and they can submit a form and then we're going to investigate the employer. So not worth it. Get that stuff straightened out. Let me jump in for just a second, because this is super important. Ken does have regulations that he has to deal with when he's going out to the public, especially people he doesn't know, but even people he does know. I'm in the midst of suing my, uh, to bring a lawsuit against my former financial advisor. It, it happened. This stuff happens all the time. If you are an influencer and you are pushing out somebody else's product, not your own, but somebody else's product, you need to disclose. The FTC has regulations about this, the Federal Trade Commission. If you're pushing out affiliate marketing, it needs to say that you're getting paid for. If you're doing video, and this is very important, if you're doing a live video like we have just done and say we are sponsored by somebody is paying us, or even if it's just an affiliate product, you're doing an unboxing for an hour on a new coffee maker, you better put in to that video several times that, or even have it somewhere that you're getting paid. It is a sponsored post. Even if you haven't contracted other than outside of that affiliate program, you need to disclose, and this is extraordinarily important for all of you that are doing affiliate marketing or any kind of content creating where you are doing things that you are earning money from somebody. Follow the FTC rules. They have a really good outline of 10 or 12 things, guidelines. It's very quick to read. And they do they pop people for this? Yes. I'm going to mention the one person that everybody knows is Kim Kardashian got popped for 1.2 million for failing to disclose her relationship with a crypto. Okay. It happens and it happens quite often. They basically, as you get bigger, you're going to be more on somebody's radar for this. And the goal is for everybody to get bigger. So do it right from the beginning. I could probably add to that, that we have lawyers that work for us, CPAs that work for us. And they always laugh because they don't want to have any part to do with our asset management side. Our lawyers say, are you kidding me? The bar is so easy going compared to the SEC. And I said, any place that comes into your doors with badges and guns, you better not miss a mark. 
And so I have been doing videos for a very long time. But if you're transparent, your heart's in the right place, and you're not trying to direct them to something that benefits you, you can talk about things that are bad and good. And you can give both sides of it. And you can say, because if you're not trying to sell something for your own benefit, but you're really trying to educate, that's the way you stay in the green. And people say, you got to be transparent. Let me tell you something. When you do it, when you get audited by the SEC, they look at your credit cards, your text messages, your personal bank accounts. It's beyond belief. So those financial advisors that are afraid, they just have to find their intent and find both sides because nothing is perfect. So whenever you're explaining something on video, you want to stay out of a lawsuit explain. And you know the honesty? That's really what comes through to people. If you say this is great, they're going to distrust you. If you say, now here's what's good about it, but here's the downsides to it. And you can make an educated decision and weigh, do the benefits outweigh the negative? Because nothing is perfect. This is a, a wonderful, wonderful broadcast and great audience. I'll give two pieces of advice. Hire Eric, get to his company, number one. <laughs> and number two is whether you use us or anybody else, hire a CFO to direct your company, even if it's partial CFO, so that you can really concentrate on the content and your company and let somebody direct that ship, navigate that ship. And I'll hand it over to Jim. I think the biggest thing that people need to think about, because we're talking about videos, one, you need to get started. And if you're afraid to get started, Maybe have someone help you out. As an example, if you have no problem talking to people face-to-face, -face, have someone stand on the other side of the camera and act like you're having a conversation so you can get over that fear of video. Because I think sometimes it's like, I'm alone and I'm talking to myself to a camera is that fear. But you, as there's an opportunity for businesses to help solve people's problems. People go to YouTube because they're searching for an answer to their problem. Put out content that is problem-solving and not selling. So for my part, I'd like to really thank all of our panel today. Eric Farber, founder and CEO of Creators Legal, Jim Foos from Fusion Marketing, and Ken Himbler, personal and business growth. It's been a wonderful time spent with you, audience. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us and sticking with us for this workshop. The workshop will be posted on our YouTube channel. You'll also be able to get the contact details of our panel. I encourage you to reach out for them. If you have anything that you want to follow up with, you'll be able to reach with them directly. And once again, thanks for taking us. We have what's coming up in two weeks' time, our next workshop. So we, we encourage you to join us once again for the workshop. And thanks all. Thanks very much for taking the time to be with us and look forward to seeing you in the future. All the best. The Video Presenter Show is an interactive space for entrepreneurs, business owners, marketers, and anyone who wants to improve their presentation skills. Big View is your TV studio in your pocket. The video presenter show. Show what you know. Learn from experts how to transform words into great video presentations. The video presenter show.